0: Working as a um, secretary or administrative assistant was how I came into the labor movement. And when I saw that movie, I was just like, oh, yeah, <laughs> this, is, this is it. This is the real deal. This is how crazy it is.
1: That, of course, is Labor Goes to the Movies co-host Elise Bryant. Earlier today, I got her to give up some of her well-earned vacation time to talk with me about 9 to 5, the feature film, 9 to 5, the story of a movement, the documentary, 9 to 5 co-founder Karen Nussbaum, and how things have changed or not for working women today. Well, you know, we study the past not to live in
0: it, but to learn the lessons from the past, to apply to the present, to impact the future.
1: Elise will be conducting a Q&A with Karen Nussbaum after the upcoming screening of 9 to 5, The Story of a Movement, which will be at 7 p.m. on Monday, May 23rd. At the AFI Silver, you can get tickets at dclabor.org. Click on Calendar. We've got a link in the show notes. There are also two screenings of 9 to 5, the 1980 hit feature starring, of course, Jane Fonda, Lily Tomlin, and Dolly Parton. Those will be Sunday, May fifteenth, at five ten. Karen Nussbaum will introduce that screening, and then again at Tuesday, May seventeenth, at twelve thirty. I'm Chris Garlock. Here's my chat with Coalition of Labor Union President Elise Bryant, as labor goes to the movies. <laughs> we'll start with nine to five the original movie do you remember you know when you first saw the movie and
0: oh yeah absolutely absolutely i mean working as a um secretary or administrative assistant was how i came into the labor movement and when i saw that movie i was just like oh yeah <laughs> this, this is it this is the real deal this is how crazy it is um and i of course i at that time i was a big lily tomlin fan so i was all ready to, uh, to be there and to enjoy the film. Um, and I, I thought the collective action of it was cool. I mean, they, they came, those women came together, uh, the characters played by uh, uh, Jane Fonda and Lily Tomlin and Dolly Parton, right? Come together to, 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 to overthrow this boss who is overbearing and, and uh, abusive. Mm-hmm. Um, And, you know, they made light of it and that's okay. I mean, but it was inspired from the real deal. Um, Those women, the Karen Nussbaum was numbered among uh, who said, this is crazy. You know, the administrative staff is literally the backbone of every organization and are treated with less than respect and less than appreciation for the work that they do.
1: So maybe let's talk a little bit about You know, you would you would come to the labor movement, you know, through actually that kind of of work remind folks of of what you know what kind of work you were doing and and how you got involved. In the labor movement, because you know now here you are president of the coalition of labor union, Women. that's kind of a that's kind of a cool story.
0: kind of a cool story yeah well um you know I was living in Ann arbor I had gone to the university of Michigan to to attend the University of Michigan Uh, dropped out the year that my mother died and was hanging out and being a campus radical and carrying on. Um, and I joined this feminist theater company. It wasn't feminist theater company when I joined, it was actually just a political progressive theater company. And then when the director left, the, most of the men left except for one. So it was all women and we formed this company. And the Corn Blues who, High Corn Blue was the director of the labor studies program at the University of Michigan and his wife, Joyce Colon Blue, was the director of the women's uh, and work program through the Labor Study Center. And they they knew our shows and they came to see our shows. And High um, came to my house and said, You know, I want to ask you something. We've got some grant money. Would you be willing to come and direct a labor theater project? And I was like, You're going to pay me to do this? And yeah, well, actually, <laughs> we're going to pay you to be the secretary. Aha. Uh-huh. And because um, before that, I was working at the University Seller Bookstore. Which was organized by the Industrial Workers of the World. So my first union was the IWW, the Wobblies.
1: I always forget that. Yes.
0: <laughs> right. And the
1: Cornblues Expl- knew. That explains that. a lot.
0: <laughs> it does. And and uh, Joyce and the High Son also worked there, so they knew about our work and our action to organize. Uh, so I said, okay, yeah, you, you're going to pay me. I I'll be the secretary, sure. Um, so I did. I got hired in September of 1982, and. On the side, I was organizing this labor theater company. And so I was working as a secretary. I wasn't very good at it. Um, not because, well, it, it wasn't my style. <laughs> it's okay. I gave it, I gave it my best because that's what my mother taught me to do. You, you know, Whatever job you do, you, it doesn't matter whether it's digging ditches. You just do the best job you can. Uh, but doing the theater thing on the side was definitely an uh, incentive for doing it. But when I left the labor study center, um, I did some part-time work at other departments at the University of Michigan. And the treatment of the, of the, the um, support staff, clerical staff was just, it was pitiful. You know, I mean, women were expected to make coffee. You didn't you didn't drink coffee, you didn't make coffee, go out and buy gifts for your boss's wife. I mean, really? Is that in the job description? And of course the work that was done was totally unappreciated by, by anybody and everybody um so that's that's what brought me to um the labor movement and eventually to teach um because i really understood effective speaking and i wanted to teach it so they let me do that and that got me into being a labor educator and now here i am
1: <laughs> well and and the the things that you were just talking about are exactly the things that show up you know in in the movie nine to five in fact, i was i was looking for some clips yesterday and found the one which i'd forgotten to see where lily tomlin you know tells her boss off i'll tell you what i'm
0: talking about i'm no girl i'm a woman do you hear me i'm not your wife or your mother or even your mistress Mm -mm. i am your employee and as such i expect to be treated equally with a little dignity and a little respect
1: and and I'm remembering and they talk about it in the documentary about the research that they that they did. I mean, they really, you know, nine to five, the film is obviously Hollywood I mean, it's, it's right. a, mm-hmm. But it was really based on real stuff.
0: Yeah. And that that's clear. And, and when I saw the documentary, I was just literally like sucked back into time.
1: Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. You know,
0: to, to recall just exactly what it was like in that, in that time period, um, for women working in those positions, it was just, I mean, you were doing, you know, really important work without without the pay
1: and without the recognition and appreciation. So I guess, maybe compare and contrast. I mean, to me, you know, now that the documentary exists, they're kind of a a pair, you know, the film, you know, nine to five, and the documentary, Mm -hmm. what what are your thoughts about the two different films?
0: Ah, well, one of the things um, about the documentary, um, as opposed to the feature film, is that they um, consciously and intentionally um, interviewed women of color, yes, who were active and engaged at that time. And in the film, there were you know there were no women of color, uh, certainly none of the principal characters were. And I felt that that was a really important um, consciousness change to bring in those voices into the film, uh, so that we 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 could see uh, the representation of diversity that exists in our in our work and in our culture and so i thought that was really important Mm -hmm. it was the documentary versus the film
1: and and to see that the documentary really sort of locates you know this as a movement it's you know nine to five the story of a movement Mm -hmm. right and that and so you know what's kind of interesting is that you know, we now you know, can look back and see. I mean, you lived through it. Karen Nussbaum lived through it. It was, right. so, you know, and, and, and again, you know, putting on your coalition of labor union women hat, you know, so thinking about, you know, how much things have changed and maybe how much things have not changed.
0: Well, it's really, really, <laughs> that's a really good question, Chris, because I think that, um, it's changed, but not that much.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And one of the things I'm thinking about is, is you know, the Dabney Coleman was funny and kind of cute as the boss. Right. You know, you kind of wonder, he was the kind of guy you wonder, you know, <laughs> you know that, that sort of play on him. Right. Um, but in the documentary, they had that one clip with a guy who was a harasser. Mm-hmm. And he was harassing the women that work with him, the support staff women, and you can see on those women's face the uncomfortability. Right, People going uh-huh, yeah, uh-huh, uh huh yeah uh huh, and he's just like, and he's he's a good looking guy, and he's like, well you know oh, 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 you know I just love Cindy, and she's like my favorite, and, um, and you can see that it's not it's not funny. And I think that that kind of harassment, we know what's going on. And unfortunately, is going on within our own movement
1: mm-hmm.
0: um, and that women are being harassed and, you know, um, on, in, the, in the workplace uh, on a regular basis. And that I don't think has changed that much because I think that it's really well, as we saw in the case of um, Brett Kavanaugh and the woman who testified against him in his hearings for the Supreme Court I the name just went out of my head. But, you know, it's just like, do you believe them? And, and you know, after all these years, and why would you say these things? And I think that that's still true. You have to have, come with a lot of courage and confidence and support to come forward with that. Well, you can come forward with it and have it go nowhere. You can make the charges and then be called a hysterical woman who just made things up because you were just whatever on your period or something. Um, and I think that that's, that's still going on for sure. Mm-hmm. I think the pay, I think the pay is still ridiculous Yes, low. Uh, for the works that's that, that's being done, and and, you, and especially if you compare it to what uh, pay computer tech uh, people are being paid,
1: That's mm-hmm.
0: a field that was largely men, I could think about like in the in the eighties and nineties when a, a friend of mine started doing that work, and he was making whole, so much more money um, working at Microsoft than I could ever dream of. And I I remember when I went from when Sue Sherman. Um, petitioned the University of Michigan to raise the pay when I went from being secretary to program associate, I think is what the the title of the University of Michigan called, where I was actually running the schools, not doing clerical support staff work, but I was actually doing what I was being paid to do. And um, she went to the university and got us a a pay advance, Uh, not a pay advance, but a pay raise. Right. Substantive. I I think it was like $7,000 more than I was making. Oh, wow. Because she looked at the pay of males in those comparable in the same position with the same titles who were making that much more money than we were, and I suspect that that's still going on. Well, you know it is it's pay pay equity.
1: I was going to say, yeah, <laughs> we, you, 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 yes. you you guys have the numbers,
0: <laughs> right? Yeah, and this is this is Asian American History Month, and so <laughs> I think I can't remember it was. this week was um, pay equity for uh, Asian American Pacific Islander women. Mm-hmm. Yeah.
1: So, oh, yeah, still going on. So here's another thing that I'm I'm sort of been thinking about, um, which is, you know, when 9 to 5, the, the feature film, came out, you know, in a lot of ways, it it it, it must have been revolutionary, you know, and I, I, just, I want to get your reaction, but just to see people like you, as you point out, not people exactly like you, not, you know, people of color, but people, at least, you know, women who were doing the same kind of work, you know. In a feature film, I I haven't researched this extensively, but I'm I'm pretty sure that that that's not something you'd seen before, right? No,
0: that was not the, something you'd seen before, and you don't see now. I think the closest thing that comes to it is three coins and a fountain, mm-hmm. but it I wasn't about the work. You remember that?
1: I don't think I know that film. Oh,
0: so. oh, 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 oh. Three coins in a fountain was a was a '60s movie, and it was about career women, and I think that they were support staff. Hmm. I haven't seen in a long time, but that was like, I, I remember because it was like dreaming to be a career girl, hmm. uh, they didn't say career woman. Uh, and that was- Right, a, right. Um, Although it, it, would
1: have, it would have been a career girl though, right? <laughs>
0: it would have been a career girl. And it was, like, it was like that girl, you know, it was like the Marlo Thomas one, yes, where yes. You, were, you know, oh, we can have our own jobs and we can have our own apartments and you know, do that kind of stuff that really was unheard of at that time. I mean, you live with your parents, so you got married, that was it.
1: Mm-hmm. So,
0: uh, both of those films that were like, yes, you could be a career. You could go out there in the world and, and be independent. And that's what I saw in the, the feature film, 9 to 5.
1: And so the thing that I was then thinking about was that, you know, at the time, you know, the ability to make a film like that, you needed a Jane Fonda, a Lily Tomlin, oh, okay. a Dolly oh, Parton.
0: Absolutely. it had gone nowhere.
1: <laughs> now, you know, you could shoot a movie on your iPhone right? I mean, you know, we do people, you've got TikTok, you've got, you know, streaming on Facebook. I mean, that the technology has, has put the ability to be seen in all of our hands. And I'm so, I'm wondering, you know, how does that change? Does that change the representation?
0: Well, yeah, I mean, we wouldn't have seen, uh, the, 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 the I, I don't know if it's a Netflix series or not. Maid.
1: Maid, yes. Uh huh. Right? I mean
0: <laughs> nobody would have made a movie about being a maid as a central character mm-hmm. and she doesn't like, you know, advance and become, you know, the princess. She doesn't marry the prince <laughs> and runs off and all that kind of stuff. That doesn't happen. Um, and I think that, yeah, because of uh, the ability to make films and, and, and not have to go the total Hollywood studio route, we're going to we see more working class, I mean, more, more, more family situations are situated in the working class as opposed to the leave it to beaver middle class that you didn't really know what Mr. Beaver
1: did. (laughs) No idea, no clue. (laughs)
0: Mrs. Beaver didn't work outside the home. No. And he had a big old house and that's what's supposed to be in the world as opposed to the reality of being working class.
1: So I wanted to to wrap up by talking about Karen Nussbaum who you'll be uh, introducing uh, I have doing a Q&A um, mm-hmm. after, after the the screening of 9 to 5 story of a movement and, and you whatever you want to talk about but it was just I was just thinking about that you know for a while then the Karen's retired now but for a while there you were literally in the same building down at AFLCI headquarters oh. Um, and I'd be curious about, you know, she founded 9 to 5. You guys have these sort of parallel career tracks, but then at a certain point, they, they intersect. So I'm curious to, to know more about that.
0: Well, Karen is one of my shiros <laughs> for sure. I, I knew about her and 9 to 5 um, before I came here and back in the days when I was at the University of Michigan and uh, working at, as a labor study Program associate, uh, and I met Karen, uh, and I was just like, "Oh, wow, this is like really cool people's, and they're doing this stuff." And over the years, you know, we got to work uh, on and off together. And one of the things that she did that I, I'm still calling for, is that she called for uh, a meeting of all the women workers of all the women in unions, and we had a women's conference. And I remember. Um, because she invited us to come and do the labor theater project. We were going to come and perform workers' slides, worker stories at it. And I was thrilled and honored and they were expecting maybe a hundred people. And I think the first time they got 300. Oh, wow. And the next time they got 500 and then it was going up and, um, it was just, it was powerful, you know, because clue. yes, yeah, We bring women together and union women, but we don't, it's not everybody, you know, you have to, you have to be a member of clue and here it was, across the board across unions across the country women coming together and saying this is who we are and this is what we need and this is what our work is about and this is what we need to be doing in the union and i loved it i thought it was just the best thing since sliced bread they did it three times and then they stopped and it wasn't because they wanted to it was because that no you know we don't really have fun for this i'm making that part up but (laughs) i'm sure (laughs) hearing We might be willing to tell us how that went, but it was really a powerful gathering. And we've talked about that since. You know, it's like you don't have to be a member of Clue. We're doing a young women's conference in Clue, uh, young women. I, I call it Next Generation because I'm a Star Trek person. So, of course, think- of course, you do. <laughs> next Generation of leaders. And we're doing a school for them, and we want to make it open to not just Clue members, but to all working women. Uh, as well as union members, so that we can begin to draw that next generation into this work and recognition that the work that to achieve um, equal pay for equal work, uh, to have the kind of benefits that we need in order to be able to do for child care, education, all that takes a collective effort on our part, because power concedes nothing without a demand. It never has and never did, and that's Frederick Douglass.
1: So here's what I wanted. Where I wanted to to wrap up this particular conversation, which is, you know, I'm thinking, you know, we have a woman leading the AFL CIO. Yes. We have a woman vice president. Yes. But we also have the Supreme Court apparently about to, uh, you know, abolish abortion, Mm -hmm. uh, which as you know, many of you, including you, have talked about is a worker issue. Absolutely. So, you know, w- maybe you can just sort of reflect on, on where, you know, and, and, and I'm sure you'll be talking with Karen about this because you're not, the, the film that you'll be talking about is looking back, but you're both forward-looking people. So I wanted to get you to reflect on that a little bit. It is
0: um, a very powerful moment. I mean, we there are lots of them, and they happen all the time. <laughs> I think this, in particular, is one of those times when we are going to come across, we're going to come together across uh, union lines, across job lines, across racial and, and any other uh, man-made created divide to come together on this, because I think that not only women, but also men uh, and non-balionary people understand the importance of the privacy and right to our health and well-being and right to our own bodies. And that's what this is about. And it's about the suppression of women in the 21st century to be able to control our, our pregnancies. And I it's it's outrageous. And it's it's it it it, it makes me a <laughs> loss for words but also looking forward to joining together across across all sorts of lines that that divide us to say that no this is an, enough
1: awesome. and, and i guess that that's the thing that you know in talking you know both on the radio show and just talking with my my you know women friends and allies and in the labor movement about about this that it really, what this comes down to it really is an attack <clears throat> on women and on workers. And that, that that's, you know, it. it's interesting because I think a lot of people think this is about abortion, mm-hmm. but it really seems more fundamental th- than that. And that that's what I'm hearing from folks.
0: Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, you know, the Comstock laws that they passed way back
1: when, in the
0: 1800s, that you know, it was about the postal service and you couldn't send pornography and contraceptions and you know. Know, uh, things that will cause you to have an abortion. They was like, none, none. And, and that was included in that. It's like, they were already talking about it. Like, you just can't do this. Why? Because you're not supposed to have control over your body. You're not supposed to be able to do what you're supposed to do. You're supposed to be pregnant, in the, in the kitchen, cooking and taking care of the home like the little lady does. When women do it, it's called you know, motherhood and wifery. When African-Americans did it, it was called slavery. You don't get paid for your labor. It's slavery.
1: Well, I will look forward to hearing more uh, of this when you t- get together uh, with Karen Nussbaum to talk about uh nine to five story of a movement, Elise Bryant. That's wonderful.
0: Yeah. Well, you know, we study the past not to live in it, but to learn the lessons from the past to apply to the present, to impact the future.
1: So thank you, Chris. Thank you, Elise. All right. We'll see you all at the movies. Bye bye. That's it for our show this week. Thanks so much for listening. Before we go, just a quick reminder. Elise will be conducting a Q&A with Karen Nussbaum after the upcoming screening of 9 to 5, The Story of a Movement. That's 7 p.m. on Monday, May 23rd at the AFI Silver. You can get tickets at dclabor.org. Click on Calendar. There are also two screenings of 9 to 5, the 1980 hit, the 1980 feature film, starring of course, Jane Fonda, Lily Tomlin, and Dolly Parton. Those will be Sunday, May 15th, 510 p.m. Karen Nussbaum will introduce that screening. And then again on Tuesday, May 17th at 12:30. Complete details along with links to RSVP or buy tickets are at dclabor.org. I'm Chris Garlick. As always, looking forward to seeing you at the movies.